Hey, it's good to be back with you. Uh, thank you for being with us as always. We pray we're a blessing to you uh, in this moment in time and uh, share this site, you know, our Facebook video. Share it with people. Let them know. And uh, hopefully it's, uh, it, it'll be challenging. Hopefully today will be as well. We're looking at Psalm 23.1 today. And I'm going to be, uh, let me just read it to you and I'll tell you more about it. Psalm 23.1, the Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I lack. Uh, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for our time together. Help me to be a plain preacher so plain a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune, uh, Lord, to your Holy Spirit. Any word of knowledge to give to a person listening or watching or both. Uh, Lord, if you uh, prompt me with it, I do want to be obedient to speak to it. And Lord, you uh, see all of us, but you see me differently. And I'm, uh, I'm under a greater and a more strict judgment from you because I'm a teacher and I'm a preacher. <clears throat> and I know that and I accept my, my role in place in rightly dividing your word. It's in the name of Jesus I pray, his name that I preach. Amen. With it being uh, Independence Weekend as a nation, <clears throat> we, get, we get to this spot, obviously, every year. Uh, I'm not going to be preaching on independence. I'm going to be preaching on our dependence on God today. And I, I'm going to walk you through um, even the practical part of that and then even the eternal part of that of what the Lord has promised us. Recently, we've been talking about hospitality. It's God's invitation. And even inviting people is the in invitation of God, inviting people into our life. <clears throat> we've been talking about seeking His presence in Psalm 24, where uh, David wrote, who can ascend the hill of the Lord and who can, who can uh, stand in his holy place and worship, which really are questions about him seeking his presence. Uh, last Sunday, we handled the Shema out of Deuteronomy and uh, the patterns that come from that, of having a pattern of developing who you are spiritually. And then today we're going to be talking about the dependence that we have on the Lord and we need to have on the Lord. <clears throat> Ask a question, is it, God's, uh, is, is, is it God's will for me to live independently of Him? Uh, or is it God's will for, to rely on myself? Or is it God's will for me to live dependent on Him? And uh, it's a question I think you can answer fairly easily. Uh, but if we need to be living a life that is continually being dependent on, on God. <clears throat> but if we're not careful, especially all of us guys out there, I'll speak to my tribe. Uh, if we're not careful, we will think that we need to create a space and even a lifestyle that lives independently of him. And we are not to go there. We're, we're to live dependent on the Lord. Um, I, I want to take you to, a, a, this is just a reminder. Uh, when Moses uh, had gifted, God had gifted Moses as a deliverer of his people out of Egypt. And we know that he led his people out of captivity, out of slavery some 430 years but he had done that. He let them out. We know about the plagues and the, 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 the ten plagues and the dealing with Pharaoh. And then he leads his people out. Says he leads them out victoriously. Um, but Exodus twelve thirty seven lets us know, because there's always a question about the number of people that he let out. 
So Exodus 12, 37 uh, is able to tell us that he, uh, there were over 600,000 men, not counting the, the women and the children. Um, so we're, we're getting into numbers of about 2 million people. Uh, I want you to keep that in perspective. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you some, I'm just going to give you some logistics here just to make you think. Uh, you can obviously fact check them and, and look them up or even look up things on your own. But it's really, uh, I know I'm not going to be expert to the very, to the, to the very number, but it's just going to make you think a little bit, the logistics of this that uh, this number of people uh, would be 1,500 tons of food daily. Now think about that. Uh, we're all told that we need at least a gallon of water a day. And uh, that'd be living here in the area that I live, but especially a desert area. Can you imagine? You got 2 million people? I can do the math there. I didn't skip that day of math. <laughs> It'd be 2 million gallons of water a day for these people and you know it's more than that being in a in a in a in the wilderness or the desert you and i think wilderness of trees and forests but wilderness to them was desert um just imagine that that uh when they cross the red sea that the waters uh would have to be peeled back to a point that the the, the people were stretched out, the, the front row would be stretched out three miles wide. Just think about that. <clears throat> uh, we have 4.5 million people in the state of Kentucky, and Moses is almost leading half of our state's population. <clears throat> the, some, of the, some of the figures are astounding that when they would camp at night, their campground would be two-thirds the size of Rhode Island. Uh, now, think about that for a moment. And here's, here, it said God guided these people. He protected him, them. <clears throat> and uh, not only that, if they came upon water that was bitter, he showed them how to make it sweet. He, uh, he, he fed them every day with manna from heaven. And please remember, that if people thought that he, they weren't going to have food to the, for tomorrow, they would save the manna, and uh, the manna they saved would ruin. So God was teaching them, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be able to take care of you. Uh, and, and the beauty in that, I just wanted you to see this. A little bit of logistics. Obviously, they're not bullseye uh, logistics. It's just to make you think for a moment. You can do your own research on all that if you want to. But uh, even, even the New Testament, they said that God is doing this to show his glory. He's to do it to show his glory. And not only that, so that people would be dependent on him. He wanted their people <clears throat> to learn to be dependent on him. We're going to switch for a moment. We're going to go to 1 Samuel 8. In 1 Samuel 8, uh, the people are tired of God being their king. They were tired of being dependent on him. So uh, the, the picture is, the picture is that they wanted their own king like all the other nations. And uh, so the Lord was taken back, he said uh, to Samuel, he says, Samuel, the people have not rejected you, they've rejected me. 
But before he gave them the king that they wanted, he told them that this king was going to lead them into very tough times. The king was going to steal from them uh, their livestock, their crops, even going to take their sons and their daughters and use them wherever he wanted to be able to use them. I, I know the story of 1 Samuel 8 gets a little more detailed than what I'm giving you. But uh, in, in other words, they didn't want to be dependent on God who was king any longer. They wanted their, they, they wanted their own king. Uh, they wanted to depend on their personal king that they put into place, not the king. <clears throat> we find that even throughout the Old Testament of kings making treaties with other kings. Started off with great faith, uh, and yet they ended up trusting the treaties of other kings and not the king. <clears throat> so I just wanted you to see where God teaches us to be dependent on him. He's doing that with us. And then where people have chosen not to be under the dependence of God himself. But this is where he wants us. <clears throat> I want you to look at Psalm 54, 4 for just a moment. David wrote, God is my helper and the Lord is the sustainer of my life. The the supporter, the sustainer part, that last part, means that he's the supporter of my life. The helper part means he is my defender. And uh, it is a picture that is talked about an ally, uh, uh, that they are there in military aid, that the, the picture is that the Lord is my helper. Uh, he's there like a military would come in to support what you were doing or defend what you were doing and help you defend. It could even be what is going on in Ukraine today. It's a picture of other folks coming in and, and helping to support them in that battle. That the Lord is my helper. He's my, he's my aid. He is coming in with strong support and he is the sustainer and the supporter of my life. I want you to see the dependence there. Colossians 1.17, I love this chapter. I love this section of scripture because it has great detail in a description of who Jesus is. In verse 17, talking about Jesus, it says that he, Jesus, is before all things. And by him, Jesus, all things hold together. Uh, all things are held together by him. Created order, uh, created order is to have order, and that order is from Jesus himself. Uh, I want to remind you something that I read in preparation for this is that, that God is not a God that forgets his creation. And that even includes you. We know that in the Gospels, it's the birds of the air and, and the, it, it just goes on. I'll take care of them. I dress the fields with lilies. It goes on. I want you to see that God, God keeps it in balance. He does keep it in balance. Hebrews chapter 13, in, in, in Colossians 1.17, we're dependent on him to keep it in balance. Hebrews 13.5, we're going to talk about money here for just a moment, and I'm going to show you why we're going to talk about that, but let's just look at it. Hebrews 13.5, your life should be free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Other parts of scripture say you cannot serve two masters. You, you'll love one, you'll hate the other, and that is 
God and, and money. Uh, it's, it doesn't say here that, that money is evil. It just says that the love of it is. Uh, it doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. But it does talk about us being satisfied. I want to go back to uh, Psalm 23.1. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing that I lack. Uh, <clears throat> and he teaches us to be content even with what we have the world and styles and other things that people have and we can covet, which he tells us not to do, uh, can be destructive and it will make life become dependent on you. And he wants life to be dependent on him. Uh, I, I want you to be able to see that. You need to be wise when it comes to what you do with money. Remember, it's not wrong to have things. It's just wrong for things to have you. And that's entirely what can happen. I'm just trying to live a simpler life, simpler than I've ever had in my, in my life. I'm trying to get to that point. And be wise. And I want to remind you, invest into the kingdom. Invest into his kingdom and the advance of his kingdom. And the dividends of that are just absolutely incredible. Um. And I'm saying this because I use this verse, Hebrews 13, 5, because I don't, I don't want you to be dependent on money and where that may take you. I want you to be dependent and challenge you to be dependent on God and where he takes you. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 4. I'm giving you this because this is a description of what people who are not dependent on God will look like, Okay. Um, and Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, but know this, difficult times are coming, or they will come in the last days, for people will be lovers of self. They will be lovers of money. Just, just told you that. Boastful, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control. There we are about dependence, right? Brutal, without love, uh, and without love for what is good, they're traitors, they're reckless, they're conceited, they're lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. This, this is a picture, um, and, and it does any of, none of that makes it, them sound very dependent on who God is himself, but it's what people who look like who are dependent on self and who, who see their worth when it comes into the world. Um, and the last line takes it, rather than lovers of God. We, listen, we don't mature in Christ to become independent of God. We keep mature to different levels of being dependent on God. It's where he calls us to be. I want to take you to a simple verse about the Exodus that we talked about earlier with Moses in Deuteronomy 29, verse 5. And the Lord says to them, I led you 40 years in the wilderness, the, the, the desert. Your clothes and the sandals on your feet did not wear out. Uh, can you imagine? I mean, you know, we, we would think that they would wear out relatively fast walking in the, in the sand and in the desert and the rugged terrain and all this. But he says, but I led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes and your sandals and your feet did not even wear out. Uh, why? There's a de he's teaching. There's a dependence that we need to have on God. Not 
as we celebrate Independence Day this weekend, and which I'm thankful for, don't get me wrong, but it's the challenge of this message is to be dependent on God, trusting in that, trusting in that. I'm going to finish off with this, give you some great assurance because dependency on the Lord doesn't stop in our life here. Um, and this is a beautiful verse, uh, Philippians 3, 20 and 21. This is talking about our eternal destiny and our life there. <clears throat> Paul writes, but our citizenship is in heaven uh, from which we also eagerly, there's the word eagerly, eagerly wait for a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition in the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything. Do you see that? Subject everything to himself. Uh, why? Because everything is dependent on him. He holds all things together. We've already held that. Uh, here's the beauty of this. My dependence on God today for my very salvation Everything, my living, you know, how he directs my steps, my, the care that he's given my family, all those things, are, all those, those, they're awesome. They're all, completely awesome. But I am dependent on him for eternal life too. I have a physical address here on this earth, but I already have my citizenship in heaven. And it says I, I eagerly wait for that for a savior. He's got real estate. He's got the Eaton name on it. He's got that for me and my family and us, uh, and he saved it for us. It's an inheritance that he's given us. Listen, being dependent on the Lord never runs out. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. It even carries over into eternity, and we eagerly await. We eagerly wait for our time to be with him there, and everything. It says everything is subjected to himself, everything. We are dependent on him. You must always lead there. Don't ever lead yourself or your family or others to be independent of God. Trust in him, okay? And he will, with all your heart, acknowledge him in everything, and uh, he will direct your paths. Amen? I believe that strongly. Thanks for being with us. Have a great weekend with your family, and enjoy that time. Remember, we love you. And not only that, you know what we say to each other before we leave. Grace and peace. Make sure you live in both of them, okay? God bless you. Have a great weekend, and you be safe. Dependence is on God himself. Never leave there. See you.